Hello and a very warm welcome to the Body Shot Boxing Podcast. I'm Ronald McIntosh, boxing commentator for the BBC, and on this edition we look back at one of the biggest boxing events there has ever been, an extravaganza that compelled 80,000 people to attend Wembley Stadium to witness the rematch between Carl Froch and George Groves. The winner by knockout victory, and still the unified IBF WBA super middleweight champion of the world, Coral. Coming up, we bring you exclusive access from the inner sanctum of the Cobra's lair as Carl Froch and his closest connection speak exclusively to the Body Shop Boxing Podcast in the immediate aftermath of Froch's dramatic world title win. Boxing Podcast. On May 31st, 2014, Carl Froch and George Groves were the focal points of attention for 80,000 pairs of eyes at Wembley Stadium, the antagonists in the biggest post-war fight in British boxing history. The atmosphere surpassed anything I've experienced in all my years covering boxing, and both fighters were supremely confident, rock-solid in their belief that it would be they who emerged victorious. But a devastating right hand from Froch in the eighth round settled the argument in emphatic fashion. Froch is still the IBF and WBA super middleweight champion of the world. The locker room of a victorious fighter is often a place filled with adrenaline-fueled euphoria, masking the pain of the battle that's just been won. It was in this type of atmosphere, in this environment, that Carl Froch in his inner circle spoke exclusively to the Body Shot Boxing Podcast. My name Carl Froch, the Cobra, WBA and IBF super middleweight world champion. Describe for us, if you can, the sense of emotions, the sense of satisfaction you're feeling right now. The only way I'm going to be able to describe this is when I look back next week or in a month, because at the minute I can't find the words to describe how elated I am. I mean, there's no, there's no greater feeling than standing victorious in the arena. When I came in here tonight, this evening, there was probably 15,000 people, and I knew there was going to be eight to come. And the noise the 15 were making, it sounded like, you know, when I watched Gladiator, because it's open air. It's the Colosseum, and it made, made me smile when I came because I thought, you know what, this is, this is what it's about for me. And I was so excited to go outside and fight in front of 80,000. And, you know, to do the business I did, and the way I did it, executing a perfect game plan and then finishing it with a knockout, I just can't explain it. It's just unbelievable. During the pre-fight in the locker room, you seemed incredibly calm, incredibly focused. On the stage, when you stood up in front of the 80,000, it's as though you were drinking it all in. But given the pressure you were under because of how close and hard the first fight was, what enabled you to raise to the performance that you produced tonight? Three months of hell in preparation with my coach, Robert McCracken, listening to him and just doing everything that he says, time and time again, just repeating it day and day for three months away from home, strict diet, you know, there's so much goes into a, a hard camp. The difference between me and this camp and the last time I watched George Groves, is so, so different. I'd have to go through things with you and explain it and we'll be here all day. But I did it professionally, meticulously, and um, I followed through with the game plan. That's why when you saw me tonight in the locker room, in the changing room before I went out, I was smiling and I was relaxed because the fight was won before I got in there. I knew I was going to win because I know that preparation is key. 
and um, I, I didn't fail to prepare this time so I wasn't prepared to fail I was just happy enjoyed it soaked it in and did the business you did the business in some style what was your reading of the fight before you landed that finishing shot how did you think it was going from your perspective being in there against George Groves? I thought it was very close. I don't know what the scores are, but maybe a round or two maximum in it in my favour because I was pushing him back, making him work. He certainly won a few rounds. It was nothing in it really, but I thought I was ahead. Um, but I was getting to him. And as the fight went on, I knew I was going to start putting the pressure on him and letting bigger, heavier shots go more frequently. And um, I knew he wanted to stand the heat. So from my perspective, I was in a position where I wanted to be in at that stage of the fight, backing him up. But I was just so confident the knockout was going to come, and it did. There was a lot of bad blood between you before the fight, in the build-up, and a lot of animosity. What sentiments were exchanged once a final bell rung? How much respect do you have for George Groves as a fighter? I'm always magnanimous in defeat. I've lost fights myself. I lost to Andre Ward, Mikel Kessler. I avenged that defeat. But I was also magnanimous in victory tonight, and um, he, was, he was very annoyed very disappointed, probably still shell-shocked because he got knocked out very bad, it was a bad knockout. Um, but I was, very, I was very nice to him, considering the way he spoke about me. I was very, very, very nice and polite. And I gave him a little pep talk and I told him he's a great fighter and he can, he can come again. But it wasn't his night tonight. He was in against one of the best fighters in the world who's proven it time and time again against top-level opposition. And with that experience and the preparation I put into this, there was no way he was going to beat me. I wasn't going to let him win. Oh, hi there, everybody. This is Carol, Carl's mum. I'm so happy and so proud of my little baby boy. And let us forget, your baby is always your baby. doesn't matter how old they get, and you worry about them so much. And I'm just so proud of him, so happy for him. And how were you able, as a mum, to be there ringside and see what's going on? Because so many people have different ways of dealing with it. Some stay at home, some can't watch, some stay in silent prayer. What's your method for getting through it when your son's in there fighting hell for leather? Because I can't handle it if I was away from him. I have to be there. My mum couldn't be there. She always used to say, let me know when he's won and then she could watch it. But no, I have to be there because if something happened and I wasn't there, I'd be, I'd be in bits. What's the hardest part for you when he's preparing to fight? The worst part for me is the ring walk, believe it or not. I can't handle the ring walk and I'm thinking, what's he thinking? How does he manage it? Because my legs would be jelly. I wouldn't make that ring walk. I'd have to be carried in. So once he's in that ring and throwing his first punch, I'm happy. I know he's in his office. Well, it's your son's night tonight. He successfully defended his titles in the biggest post-war British fight there has ever been. How will you celebrate this achievement as a family? As a, as a family, It'll be phenomenal when we all go home. This is, this is the greatest, this is the pinnacle of his career, this is what we've been working to. In fact, it's, it's greater than our expectations. We never expected it to be like this. So you say he surpassed the expectations that you had when he came home to you and said, I want a box. And then he was clearly very good at it because he's winning ABA titles and he got himself a world bronze medal. What were your expectations? What did you think he could achieve? With my wildest dreams, I never thought he'd achieve what he'd done. I thought it would just be a, a phase. He'd just box and gone to the next thing, sneaker, karate. But he stuck at it. He's achieved his goal. He used to watch the Rocky films with me and he always wanted to be champion of the world. And like as a mum, yes, son, you'll do it one day. And he did it. 
Eddie Hearn, promoter. Describe the emotion, describe the sense of satisfaction you feel here in Carl Frotch's victorious locker room, having put on the promotion you've just staged. It's all been, it's all been a blur. I mean, even the punch that knocked him out, I was, it was like nothing it, during that fight felt like it was actually happening because there's too many people. It's not like you're in an arena with 20,000. You're in an open air and you're looking around and all you can see is camera phones. You know, but what makes me most proud is Carl Frotch because everything he's done in his career, it came down to tonight. And it's a, a tough, harsh sport because it shouldn't have, but it did. And there was so much pressure on him tonight. And to deliver a performance like that was unbelievable. Put us into your shoes. What was it like for you taking on a promotion of this magnitude, attempting to fill an 80,000-seat stadium in the national stadium, and then the pyrotechnics or the show that went with it as well? What's your preparation for this event being like? Listen, I'm very lucky to have been born into a family that's quite successful. You know, my old man's a great promoter. He came from nothing. I didn't. But one thing he's always taught me is to work and work and work and work. And, you know, whilst we've been working on this, we've been working on three or four other shows. Of course, tonight will be something that I'll never, ever forget. But it's just another day, another day, another day. We're, we're relentless. What's next? That's what I'm thinking. You know, I'm not thinking, oh, I'm done. No, I'm thinking, where do we go from here? How do we keep growing the sport? How do we grow the sport with kids? How do we find the next superstars? And, and ultimately, we do that by them tuning in to nights like that and going, that's where I want to be. Not tuning in to a half-empty leisure centre going, that's where I want to be. Kids are aspirational. They need to see people doing well. And Carl Frotch is a great role model for any young fighter. Okay, here in the victorious locker room of Carl Frotch at Wembley and here with his partner, Rachel. How do you get yourself through seeing your partner prepare for a fight and have a harder fight as that. I'm the one I'm the one that looks after the kids. <laughs> Carl does all the preparation, but there was just something that was different about him this fight. He has constantly through this whole fight, he went in there knowing that he's put in his all and the confidence was oozing out of him and it kind of it rubbed off on me. I knew he was going to do it. How did his preparation and demeanor compare? between this fight and the first fight between him and Groves? You know what, he was totally different. He's been really dedicated this time, where last time he wasn't. It was kind of like, it was stupid of him. And that was just, he performed terribly. That was just the worst Carl Frotch. And he's just put everything into this training camp. Like, I haven't seen him for three months. He's put everything into it. He's re really hard and I'm, I'm just so proud of him. What would you say the difference is between the Carl Frotch that's the family man at home, playing with the kids, spending time with you and the Carl Frotch that is in the ring. When does that switch between Carl Frotch the family man and Carl Frotch the fighter occur? When he walks into that ring, it's totally like him, because I don't see him before, obviously, in the changing rooms where we are now. And uh, it's kind of like, like that look in his eye, and he doesn't really look at me, and he just looks totally focused. But kind of this fight, he's been at home at the weekends, only on the weekends, but he's there, but he's not really there. And I think that's where I've really noticed it. He's just, I know that he's put so much effort into it. So I can't wait to have the card watch that I know. I can't wait to have him back with us. Hi, my name's David Hay, AKA The Haymaker. And my position in boxing is semi-retired, but kind of coming back kind of thing. Listen, you've just been in attendance at the biggest British fight there's ever been post-war. Give us your assessment of the performance that we've just witnessed. You know, uh, a semi-prepared Carl Frotch, a 90% paired Carl Frotch would not have got that victory. He would have lost tonight. That Carl Frotch who turned up tonight 
you know, that was 100% Carl Froch on fire. He was really doing everything needed to, needed to be done. His, his jab was working. He wasn't getting caught with big shots early like he did in the first fight. He learned from the first fight, and that's what great champions do. They learn from the first fight and come back better the second time. This time round, he wasn't leaving it to chance. He wasn't leaving it to the judges. He wanted to stamp his mark on British boxing and world boxing by um, conclusively knocking out uh, George Groves in spectacular fashion. That's exactly what he did in front of 80,000 people. Uh, you know, the National Stadium, is, it doesn't get any bigger than this boxing. This is boxing at its best, and it's given particularly British boxing a big shot in the arm to really let people know that you know, boxing is, I believe it's our greatest sport. We've got someone like Carl Froch, you know, knocking out George Groves, who was really up for this fight. You know, he was in fantastic shape. And, and there was no, no, no matter what Carl does from this point on, you know, he is one of arguably one of the greatest um, British boxers of all time. You've watched lyrical about Carl Froch and his achievements. What's the future for George Groves, having suffered that setback in this title challenge? I believe um, George Groves comes again. I believe George Groves has the minerals, has what it takes has all the attributes it takes to become champion. He just unfortunately came up tonight. If George Groves would have turned up in the first fight, like he did this fight, he would be world champion. But I believe George Groves becomes champion at some stage. I believe it within a year, George Groves will be a champion. I believe Carl Froch relinquishes the IPF title. I don't believe Carl Froch needs or wants to fight James DeGale. He goes to America, has the big pay-per-view fight with Chavez Jr. And um, I believe that um, DeGale fights for a vacant title and then George comes back and has a rematch. You get uh, DeGale, George Groves too, but th this way I guarantee um, DeGale will be the IBF champion because um, DeGale looked absolutely fantastic tonight. Callis Howland, promoter of George Groves. What's your assessment of the performance, the result and the event that's just taken place? Let me begin by uh, congratulating Carl Froch. I thought he uh, fought a great fight. Both guys fought a great fight up to that stage and he, he, he found the moment. You know, uh, the moment that all boxing fans live for, uh, that all boxers live for, and, and uh, that's what makes our sport such, uh, such a sellable sport because you just don't know what's going to happen. And at the end of the day, um, you know, congratulations to him. Where does the future for, for George lie? Well, he's been involved in the biggest British boxing event post-war. He's also 26 years old in his 21st professional fight. Um, so I would say in the next six years, because that's, let's say, minimum time that he should have if everything goes right uh, in the ring, uh, I would say, you know, the future looks great. For me, the job is now to guide him and to find the right path and to, uh, and to deliver him that chance, you know. Um, we're going to have to get him active to get that chance. I'm going to have to be creative and um, ambitious, which I am. You know, so I think we make a good team. Robert McCracken, Great Britain Performance Director, but tonight, trainer as you have been since the start of his professional career, the trainer of Carl Froch. Given how close the first fight was before Carl pulled out the victory, what adjustments did you make preparing for this rematch, learning what you did about Groves in the first fight? I think we had to correct Carl's feet. He was very sloppy with his feet. And every time he, he lost his balance or brought his feet together, he was getting hit with that right hand. Groves throws a tremendously hard right hand. It's very powerful and it stops you from wanting to move in too quick. So we worked hard in Sheffield. We worked on him getting the centre. He held the centre quite a lot tonight, Carl. Making George use his legs, making him commit, meeting George at times and trying as often as possible to take him backwards and trying not to walk into that very quick right hand that Groves has. 
and off we felt that Carl got into his rhythm, managed to employ, employ that, kept him moving and eventually found the range and then, then started to catch him with right hands and body shots and then I think you know, it, it, the writing was on the wall once Carl started to step in and unload quality shots. Given that he's fought at that level for so long, what is your role? in the corner on fight night is it encouragement is it a rocket is it just patience what how would you describe your role when you're training a guy of that experience and level a bit of everything he takes guidance from me ronald and uh, i advise him through the bat and through around as well and i i talk to him constantly under the rope and he listens to my voice while he's fighting i'll say no and he'll change i'll say stop and he'll stop so um you know he trusts me we had a great relationship I've taught him how to, you know, do things in certain ways professionally over 12 rounds. He's applied himself to it. He's, he was tremendously talented when I met him. He just didn't really know quite how, what to do with it. He has serious punch power, as, as you've seen, and he's been able to take on the best in the world for the last six years and been unbelievably successful for a British fighter on the world stage. Given that he's really meticulous with his training, he's logged every push-up, he's logged every run, he's logged every bench press and chin-up, how do his numbers compare now to when he was younger? How much more do you feel he has left to give to the sport? He's, he's a remarkable specimen. He, he, he's, he's a clean liver. He has absolutely zero problem making the weight. Um, he's very competitive. He loves to train. He enjoys training. And it, and it stimulates him. And, you know, sometimes it's, you know, he goes back and sits in that huge house that he lives in and looks after his properties, etc. But um, he misses you know boxing and training and being competitive and it's almost like a luxury to him that he has four or five months to prepare for a fight and he knows what day that fight's going to be at and it stimulates him completely and he, and he thoroughly enjoys fighting people. Carl we're in your locker room right now you've just come back off a stunning knockout of George Groves in front of 80,000 people at Wembley where does this rank in everything you've accomplished during this incredible six-year run as a world champion? This is definitely the best fight in the history of my career, 100%, because of the magnitude of the event. 80,000 fans, Wembley Stadium, a big grudge match. Not only are the boxing fans, but the armchair fans were watching. It's crossed over to the mainstream, and the way I finished it was just phenomenal. So this is the biggest and best fight I have ever and probably will ever be involved in. In fact, I don't even know if I'm going to have motivation to fight again. And that's how serious I'm being about how big this fight was, because... I could walk away from the game now, a very, very happy and satisfied man, spend some time with my one-year-old beautiful daughter and my three-year-old son and my beautiful, hopefully soon-to-be wife, Rachel. So when will you make that decision? When will you determine what the future is for Carl Froch? Probably during this summer. Well, Carl, congratulations on your part in a terrific event and a successful title defence and very many thanks for your time and insight. Ronald, always a pleasure, mate. Take care. Well, that's just about it for this edition of the Body Shot Boxing Podcast. I'd like to say big thanks to Carl Froch and his entire team for speaking with us in the immediate aftermath of his epic world title win. It's a night that has entered British boxing folklore and will live long in the memory. Remember, you can reach me on Twitter at Macintosh Ronald or on Facebook with any thoughts or feedback you have on the program. So please get in touch. I'd love to hear from you. But until next time, stay abreast of social media for updates and information about the next episode of the Body Shot Boxing Podcast. The Body Shot Boxing Podcast.